mercy and His grace is willing us and drawing into a place that we would even utter those words. Because when you see that and you mean it with all your heart and all you want to do is be fire. All you want to do is be fire that's, that's walking, a dead man walking on the earth, burning and, and, and ablaze so that all men can see the glory of God on us. When that is your reality, and it's within you, it's in your DNA, God brought you to that place in His kindness and His loving mercy. He's like, come on, you're into this place of going through the ground of that deeper place, that wider place in me. And more of who I am is about to be poured out and, and manifest through you. And you and I are going to have a glorious life together in this new place. And so I'm asking God, I said, being God and I told you just like several weeks ago, the Lord just impressed upon me this place of surrender. And I thought, give it all to me. Give it all to me. And I thought, well, I thought I gave it all to you. Oh, wait, there's more. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, my body's not growing, so I know there's more. You know, I mean, honestly, I'm. I'm John and I prayed that prayer years ago. We want to have an exceptional life in you. And, and again, I want to repeat what I've said to you before. We have to, we have to set ourselves in that place where we have determined what we're going to do and how deep and far and wide we're going to go. So that when, when the hardships and the testings of life come, what happens? We already know we're going to have an exceptional life in God. And that we're going to, we've pressed and pulled on God and said, I want everything that you have for me this side of eternity. This side of, of, of my other life. I want it all. I'm hungry. I'm desperate. I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm pulling on God. And even my hunger, I couldn't have that hunger. You can't have that hunger unless He gives it to you first. Right? And so, so we're like, I'm like asking God, I'm on my retreat, and I'm like, God, I need fire. You know, I want you to come like fire in me. I want, I want, I want a baptism, a blaze. I want to be a blaze. And so that was my, I'm there, I'm, I'm crying out for him. And, and, um, and I mean, I heard his voice so clearly, you know? And, and while I was there, I just got stuck. On things in my life, and um, so I've been really asking him about how how to do this, how to live consistently before him as a community and as individuals. How do we how do we live before him and 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 and, and prepare ourselves for revival twenty four seven? That I'm a I'm a place of revival, and the Lord showed me. He said, "Fire falls on sacrifice." That place that we've been talking about, that place of surrendering all and completely yielding ourselves and our lives, and saying, "Okay, we get another thing up." Fire falls on sacrifice. Smith Wigglesworth said this. If God is not moving in a meeting, I will move him. 
what Smith Wigglesworth is that he was the sacrifice that I will fall back. Because he had a life that was 100% given away to whatever God wanted to do, however he wanted to do it, whenever he wanted to do it. And he didn't consider himself. Why? Because he understood that it wasn't about him, but it was about God. It wasn't about him, but it was about Jesus getting everything that he paid for and being glorified in your life. Amen? Someone has to be a sacrifice and offering. That we would offer ourselves up as living sacrifices where the glory is going to fall. You know, we've been talking about the plumb line and the truth of heaven. What is happening in this generation is the truth has fallen. The truth has fallen. And we're beginning to understand through not only the Word of God, but the messengers of God and the revelation of Jesus that's available in this generation. Everything that is available to me. And so the church is beginning to understand and beginning to get stirred. There's a remnant that's saying there is more available than a, than a mere Sunday experience from our lives. And I love what Joyce Meyer says. She says, you know, going to church on Sundays no more makes you a Christian than standing in a garage makes you a car. And so, how incredible it is that for this generation, we are tapping in to the deeper revelations of who Jesus is and what's available for us to partner in that. That he's alive in us and he wants to be fully illuminated to everyone around us. But first, we have to be dead. Dead man walking. That's what he's looking for. And a lot of times when he'll do with us, and if we're still kicking, he's like, nope, you're not dead yet. Have peace. Have full faith. Because don't you know that, that what he told the, the children of Israel is he said, I want you to put the sacrifice on the altar. Not it on fire. That sacrifice was dead. It was dead. It was a dead sacrifice, wasn't it? But what was it about that sacrifice? It was a free will offering. It was a pure and spotless offering. So it came with a pure heart. We're to come in that place of saying, I want you more than I want my new house. I want you more than I want my ministry. I want you more, and I don't care the cost that it takes to get you like this fire shut up in my bones. That kind of passion and that kind of love that I'm overwhelmed with. Because if I'm not that in the earth, then what am I? What am I holding on to? He wants to give me everything. What he does is he comes to me and he tests me in places. When I say, God, 
going to do everything. When I say what to do, He takes me at my word. And then what happens? We make that commitment. Then comes the path. See, it's like really since real life. There was a guy and I remember the first time we did this. And uh, he came back there. And like a week later, God lost his job. <laughs> and all these things started happening to us. And we were going, well, I didn't know that was the way this was going to go. But I'm sincere about that. If I lose everything, if everything that I would still worship you. I still stand by that. That if I can get more of you to give up all that material stuff, if I can get more of you, even though I have to give up my reputation and all my friends think I'm crazy. Because I say I'm going to start a house of prayer, and they're like, well, you didn't go to Bible school. Okay, well, you're going to think about that now. That's what he told me to do. Right? So then the second time that he came and he said, I'm going to win you. I'm going to win you to this next place. And he said, oh, God, man, just give it all up. Just give it all up. And John and I made it. You made a vow to the Lord. And you said, we're going to give you twice as much tithe as we were before. We are so excited about this, about just giving him more, giving him more, just pouring more into the kingdom. That next night, God's paycheck was half of what we needed to pay our bills. And then, here came the text. And we said, We didn't have it. We were like, okay, we're mailing our time to push. We're not waiting for Sunday. We're going to mail it right now. Yeah. And um, so I remember that night, I remember looking at my son and seeing that his pants were, they were so short on him, you know, and they were too tight and they were too short. We didn't have, I mean, we were on just count five guys. We had half what we needed. And so I was like, you know, we're not going to do anything that's going to cost us any money. So I was looking at Samuel's pants and from the heart of the mother, I was just like, we'll just have to wait a couple months to buy you something new and maybe they'll think it's a new style. And I remember thinking how much I liked this, this particular pair of pants. Now, they were with me. This is going somewhere. This particular pair of pants. And they were really cool. They were like metro kind of pants. I guess that's what you call them. And Ashley had gotten them for him. Thank you, Ashley. I'm giving you the credit. And so it was kind of a one-time deal, you know. I mean, they weren't readily available, but it was a one-time deal where, you know, you didn't get them. They weren't carried. They weren't like Levi's or whatever. So I thought, wow, I wish, I wish I could get into one of those things. But anyway, so, so I told him, you know, take your pants off because it's the only pair that you have so I can wash them and dry them because it's going to school in the morning. And um, so he did, and I washed them. And then I stuck them in the dryer before I went to bed that night. The next morning, I remember turning the dryer on, you know, he wants to iron nobody. So I, I hit him with some heat, 
And um, and so I open up the dryer. Daniel's ready, you know, to get dressed. I open up the dryer and and to look for, you know, to get the pants. Well, there is another pair of pants exactly like that pair of pants, except it for it's in one size uh, bigger. So so there was a size eight and there was a size ten, and it was brand new with no tags on them, never been worn before, pair of pants, exactly the same. Now you've heard of women's when your socks in the dryer. That my socks is in my dryer is socks. You've heard of that, right? I mean, it's all pulled out these pants, and I'm thinking, did some kid, my mind's going, did somebody leave my house without a pair of pants? Whose are these? It makes absolutely no sense to somebody sneak in my house in the middle of the night and put a brand new, you know, I'm thinking, you know, is, is, is there, are there like elves making shoes in my house? I don't know. There's absolutely no, it, there's no reasoning. There's a miracle. But I was saying, this is fire. Fire just fell in my dryer. Come on! And he's like, listen, if you want to live a life packed into the kingdom and packed into miracles, you have to be willing to say, I want I want more of you than I do my natural circumstances. We could have held on to that money. But God, you know, he still tells us. But he was like, listen, this is fire. This kind of life is fire for you. Yeah, and then, then, um, no, that was it. Then, uh, I remember telling this story, and somebody was asking me, did you put my wallet in your dryer? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, then another time, you know, much more recently, John and I, you know, I was with my wife. God laughs. 
the animals got a little bit more interesting, and so I'm like, okay, time to turn around and go back to the cabin with the bugs. So I wanted that. Well, I learned from my neighbor that that wasn't a sheep that they were looking for permission, and they brought um, goats. I don't know. I don't know what it was. She went out to a color in that before. She thought I'm speculating. But see, fire falls on Turn to Ephesians 3.20.
spoke to his father. To his father. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think. You think God's going to give me a house?